Cougs House, the Houston Cougars have a rivalry you didn't know they needed this weekend in college basketball. It's time to start breaking that one down. You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Cougs, daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Ainsworth, to break down all things Cougs. If you're a UH fan or just a hater game, stop by. Please be sure to subscribe down below. That way we can get the latest on the Cougs in your newsfeed each and every day. Appreciate you making Locked on Cougs your first listen of the day. Welcome back to the YouTube channel if you found us. It is so, so good to see you again. Better to subscribe. We're doing a giveaway every 250 subscribers. The next one of those is at 2,000. That's a big one. Hit subscribe, help us get there. Like and comment on the video to let us know you are in that contest. If you have no idea what to say after watching this basketball preview, you're more of a football guy, a Fritz guy, just looking for something to dive in. Houston Cougars don't know what to say. Tell us what's the weirdest thing you put on a hot dog. Leader in the clubhouse right now is cream cheese. All right, so a lot of things to break down in this Texas A&M matchup for Houston, this Texas size matchup, Texas two-step going down at the uh, Toyota Center this weekend. Houston and Texas A&M will play in the first game with uh, University of Texas, Austin, and LSU playing the game afterwards. Fun day hoops for those who can get down to the Toyota Center to watch it. I hear it's an expensive ticket, but I believe the ticket gets you to both games, so obviously, cheer for Houston, cheer against the Horns. I will say, <laughs> I guess people probably just like LSU just as much. Hey, have fun. Have a fun day of basketball. Now, I want to break this down to kind of three different things to start looking at this basketball game. It is, on paper, the biggest non-conference game on the Houston basketball schedule. Um, and so I think it's you know warrants a couple days of breaking things down. One, I think this is about the best point guards in America. And we're going to talk about that in the first segment. In the second segment, I think what this game is going to actually come down to, though, is the battle on the boards, the rebounding. And then last but not least today, I want to talk some about the depth being finally actually tested, a strength that's been a strength of Houston's thus far this season, getting tested a little bit in this ball game. Now, I will say I've watched a cut of three uh, Texas A&M games to get ready for this episode. I watched Memphis, Virginia, and FAU. I was unintentional about watching all three losses. My thought were that Memphis was the most recent game of opponent frankly we're a little familiar with and then virginia and fau uh both play defensive minded basketball kind of in a way that's similar to houston not the exact same kind of schemes as houston but i thought it was a similar enough focus um also worth pointing out that yes all three of those are the seven three texas a&m losses thus far now the biggest show and probably the biggest billing going into this game is that you very realistically are looking at Yes, the two best point guards in America. Wade Taylor, the fourth uh, point guard from Lancaster, Texas, went to Lancaster High School, a very good program in the DFW Metroplex. Um, he will be facing off one-on-one with Jamal Shedd most directly. They're both under six feet tall. They're both on the koozie watch list. Taylor is a little bit more proficient score, or at least he is given that role more, I'll say, at a little over 17 points per game. 
Uh, he is also a preseason SEC Player of the Year candidate, whereas uh, Jamal Shedd was on the honorable mention. They only did a first-team preseason All-Big 12, uh, but they're both, again, on the Koozie Point Guard of the Year watch list in America. Um, you know, as I, as I mentioned, that Wade Taylor is offensively minded. I should point out that he has 2.2 steals per game, and Jamal Shedd has 2.6 steals per game. He has 17 points per game. Jamal Shedd's down closer to 11, right? Like, they're fairly comparable around a lot of categories, especially things like assist to turnover ratio. They do a great job of orchestrating their offenses. Wade Taylor's role is just around scoring basketball more. I think it's interesting, though, that as a point guard, as an under six foot, he's listed as six foot. We all know what that means. As an under six foot point guard, he's actually not a great shooter. Um, he admittedly would have to be shooting off the dribble a lot because he doesn't have the ball out of his hands a lot, but he's not a great distance shooter which of course means i'm jinxing things for the saturday but by legacy to this point he's not a great distance shooter they typically find different ways in either horn sets or single high sets to get him screens at the top of the key horn set meaning if you think of like an upside down hook of horn you have like two guys in the corners and the other two knuckles are like too big screening at the top of the key and he gets to choose one to go off of the other one typically goes into the back screen for someone on the other side of the floor they have a couple different actions off of that horns look, but he typically uses one of those screens to get downhill. Um, he, frankly, if you are bad at navigating the screen as a point guard, he attacks the rim, forces penetration that way, gets the defense out of rotation. If you try to double him, he's good at finding the high post roller, finding the pe- pop on the other side of the horn set, again, the defense in a quick rotation that way. Uh, it's not always an assist, it's often a hockey assist or a pass before the pass kind of situation. Um, but it is him starting, initiating the play. What I think is interesting about this for Houston is a couple things. One, Jamal Shedd may not need a lot of help with the screen. Um, Houston has done a different number of different things, the ball screens in the Kelvin Sampson era. They're frankly famous for how intensely they trap the ball screen. Um, but as a one-on-one defender, Jamal Shedd doesn't need a trap. It's more of a schematic advantage they use. Um, I wonder if, because of how good AM has been at playing out of that. And they just say, hey, Jamal, you can navigate that screen, just go do it. Or if they mix it up some, I can see Jamal should be the kind of defender that kind of throws a wrench in their plans by being able to navigate the ball screen so that Taylor can't get downhill, but also not need the double team that helps them get guys out of rotation. Now, Houston will use for some stretch of the game, if not a large chunk of it, their patented ball screen double team trap off the ball screen. And they call them monster stuff when they do it down low, but same kind of concept up high. And um, when they do that, what will be interesting to see for me, what I'm paying attention to is how Houston rotates off to cover up the short roll and the pop. Um, I imagine what you see happen is that AM is a bad three-point shooting team. Uh, only one guy is shooting over 33% from three. Um, that's uh, Hefner. He's the guy, with the only guy with any volume, shooting over 33% from three. He's shooting closer to 40% thus far. I could see them sagging off a bunch of different guys to prevent back cuts and prevent shots at the rim and kind of give themselves that extra second to rotate because we know how fast they move, how quickly they move on the flight of the ball. And so I could see them doing those things out of the trap and just like not helping off of Hefner maybe as much, um, kind of dictating based on how they force the ball off of those horn screens, things like that, uh, kind of moving away from setting Hefner up for a potential three out of a rotated defense like that. 
I will say that Wade Taylor is a really good basketball player. He's a really, and so while I'm picking Jamal Shedd in this matchup of point guards, and Jamal Shedd's going to get the better of him on both ends, we've seen Jamal Shedd, uh, Max Amos, Amos from last year, um, earlier this season, we saw him in the Charleston Classic, um, and, and frankly against Xavier as well, shut down opposing point guards when he needs to. Um, I imagine Wade Taylor gets his points. He's a prolific scorer. He's a strong kid. He finishes around the rim very, very well. And frankly, he's going to get transition buckets as well. I don't think they're going to hold him scoreless or to three points or anything like that. But I do think he'll have trouble getting to 17-point average. And I do think he'll be frustrated in the way he starts and initiates their offense. I also think it's worth pointing out that Shed can focus a lot of his energy and efforts on shutting down Wade Taylor because offensively he's got LJ Cryer, Emmanuel Sharp, other guards next to him in a way that Wade Taylor, who has a deep team around him, doesn't have nearly as reliable a backcourt teammate as LJ Cryer next to him. Right. And so I think frankly you could see some kind of yin and yang with Jamal and LJ there that just LJ Cryer just doesn't have to this point. Um and so I, I again, I'm taking Jamal in this one. I think it's the kind of point guard matchup that, frankly, is probably not getting enough clout because it's a like bowl season, NFL season time of the year. Uh, if it were just college basketball going on right now, I think there'd be everyone in America talking about the point guard matchup this weekend. Now, I have to say, as far as things that everyone is talking about and winning that everyone is talking about, we need to make sure that you are finding ways to win as well at Prize Picks because Prize Picks is the number one daily fantasy app. It's a great place to go put your sports knowledge to the test. You can pick more than or less than a bunch of different statistical categories for your favorite athletes, teams, and in various sports that you think you know something about. So if you see things like I know a lot about football and basketball, so you're going to look at like Travis Kelsey, LeBron James, over under 10.5 catches and or receptions and uh three-pointers made. Say, I think it's going to be more than that. You go put some money where your mouth doesn't say that that's going to be a more than kind of stat. You have Travis Kelsey gets his seventh catch. LeBron James gets his four three-pointer in. Boom. You've got it. Uh, you can also do this cool thing where they have all kinds of injury reboots where if a guy on your pick gets injured in the first half, does not come in, come back in the game in the second half, he gets rebooted. You don't lose any Cash on it's awesome injury insurance that's only available at Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for, for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. That's L O C K E D O N C O L L E G. Go to prizepicks.com, first deposit match up to $100. All right. Um, now, in his media availability, Coach Sampson mentioned that he thinks the biggest thing to watch out for for AM is their offensive rebounding. And I have to say, um, I watched the Memphis game and I watched the FAU game and I watched the Virginia games. I was like, you know, they're a pretty good rebounding team. I, I see what Sampson's saying, some, but, you know, they're, they're pretty good, but Houston's pretty good. What, what's the big deal here? By percentage of shots missed, like their own shots missed. AM is currently second in all of college basketball at rebounding. That was at a 45% rate. That means almost every other shot they miss 
they're getting the rebound for. That's second in college basketball. And for what it's worth, they actually have the most offensive rebounds to this point in college basketball just by percentage, obviously, right? You shoot more shots at that, right? On inverse, I will say Houston is rebounding at a offense rebounding at a 41.8% clip. So when I think of how good Houston is offense rebounding, they're rebounding another couple of shots per game on the offense side of the ball more than Houston is on average. Um, now, the big test of wills here will be that Houston only allows offensive rebounds per Ken Palm on 26% of shots missed, and Texas A&M only allows offensive rebounds per Ken Palm on 28.7% of shots missed. Whichever one of those teams can kind of pull that swings or that uh, seesaw closer to their side, it's going to have a big, big advantage in this one because both teams on offense, Houston and Texas A&M alike, rely on second and third opportunities, putbacks, garbage bucket, I'm tougher than you buckets, etc. Now, I say that to say that um, I take Houston in that matchup, especially when we look at like the marquee players for one uh, Texas A&M are more of the similar athlete body types. They're not, I mean, they have a 6'10 and 6'11 on their roster. But the guys that get real minutes and real playing time are more like the 6'7s and 6'8s that Houston plays with as well. So they're not going to be rolling out there with a bunch of guys to outman and outpower us or just outreach us on that. It's going to be about high motor and who gets after the ball. I always take Houston in those situations. Um, I just, Kelvin Sampson's culture has run a program that has yet to prove me wrong that when it just comes down to the motor, it's almost always a Houston Cougar basketball. Now, again, you talk about who pulls the swing set or who pulls the seesaw to their side in that category. Uh, the guy to watch out for in, uh, I would say, in College Station with the games in Toyota Center from College Station is Henry Coleman. Uh, Henry Coleman is listed at 6'7 to 30. Uh, he's a big, strong guy. He's getting about nine rebounds per game. Um, you know, again, only six seven. Got the long wingspan, high high motor. Uh, really, really, frankly, Houston Cougar looking kind of athlete. And that makes sense when you look at like the kind of programs Buzz Williams has run, who's now at A and M, obviously. The kind of programs that Kelvin Sampson has run, like they're looking at very similar types of big bodies. I think the more concerning thing for Houston. Maybe the news about Jawan Roberts. Now, Jawan Roberts uh, played against Rice. So I don't mean to say that he's not playing, but it was, <coughs> excuse me, it was reported in the uh, media availability on Wednesday that he has not practiced this week. Coach was quick to point out that it's all precautionary. Um, you know, I, I imagine he plays and starts on Saturday. I imagine if he was not playing us during on Saturday, we'd have heard about it. Um, not, I mean, not from Kelvin himself but something would have come out about that because it's a pretty significant loss. Um, but he is dealing with knee pain injury. Sound like there was some swelling just from being, it sounded like overworked. So he's taking some time off this week to rest it. Uh, then you compound that with Jojo Tugler. We know had a back injury or back tightness and things like that earlier in the year. And the high motor he brings to be really important in this game, even off the bench. And both of those guys look to play a pivotal role in this matchup. As you look at, the kind of rebounding game we're going to look at. Again, we mentioned whoever wins the seesaw in this offensive rebounding battle, whoever gets it closer to their norms and say closer to air quotes, normal game in terms of offensive rebounding probably wins the basketball game for Houston to have a chance at that. They're going to have to have their 
air quotes, normal rotation too, right? Like, I think that makes sense. Um, if Jawan's 100% and Coleman's 100%, I'm taking Jawan. If JoJo Tugler's 100% and Henry Coleman's 100%, I'm taking JoJo Tugler. Frankly, if Javier Francis is down there as well, I'm probably taking Javier. I think the difference is, is that we know Houston gets pretty short pretty quickly in that front line. And so I want to have all cars on the table, have all my guys if I'm Houston. And in the front court, I think A&M is kind of hoping that, you know, can Coleman dominate a guy that hadn't played as much uh, like long basketball games, been a starter for as long in JVR. Can he dominate a freshman, right? Henry Coleman is a senior. Uh, and can he dominate a freshman like JoJo Tugler? Or is he going to get matched up with Joan Roberts and suddenly be put in kind of a predicament where ugh, it's a really, really tough matchup for Coleman? Now, he's not their only offensive rebounder of any note. We'll talk some in the depth segment about Andy Garcia, their uh, guy that comes off the bench for them. He is a really impressive athlete, 6'7", 200 pounds, long, uh, very, again, Houston Cougar-looking type of basketball player, which makes for a fun contest. I think it'll be a fun, fun game to watch. But he'll also be involved in this. Frankly, it'd be fun to watch him and Tugler coming off the bench together and compete for rebounds. Uh, Andy Garcia, make sure I have my notes right here, is also a senior. Uh, so, again, it's kind of like a veteran versus the youth on Houston's front line kind of matchup. Um, will be interesting to see how that one goes. I'm still taking the Cougs. I don't mean to alert anyone or worry anyone, but I do think that's a crucial point in the game is who has a – more reliable or a closer to normal offensive rebounding performance, which team that is. And frankly, if Houston's kind of playing hurt, not injured, but hurt, you hope that they can find ways to you know rest up and muscle through it from Saturday. Now I will, th- I will say that having just played as you know distant as you can, they played rice last Saturday. It was a blowout. So not everyone had to play. Um, you'd hope that, or definitely Jackson State, I'm sorry, last Saturday and Rice the week, the, earlier in the week. You'd hope that with two blowouts like that, you could kind of rest your guys up throughout the week and practices and so on to be ready for this AM game. <laughs> and so I think that Houston should be prepared. But I do think that, like, you know, if they're not, if you were to give me crystal ball, Parker, they lost this basketball game, that's where I'm going to immediately. That's the first stat I'm looking at in the box scores. What happened? on that end. Now I mentioned a couple guys come off the bench in Jojo Tugler and Andy Garcia, but more guys will come off the bench in this game. And I think it's interesting to see that this is kind of the first time we're going to see Houston put to the test. But if you want to get put to the test, and if you want to put some of your money where your mouth is as you're taking this test, you need to go check it out at fanduel.com slash locked on because as the weather's getting colder and it is getting a little colder, the NFL offers are staying hot. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150 if your team just wins. So if you've been thinking about trying FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. They have not released lines yet for the Houston and AM basketball game. I'd imagine Houston is a favorite, as is at the Toyota Center, Houston's higher ranked, etc. But the Texans and Titans matchup, in which the Titans are going to try and scorn us in those Oilers-themed uniforms that they stole. Uh, Houston is a two-and-a-half-point dog, but the money line, the important thing for you is the money line is at plus 124, as we're recording this podcast, 
for Houston. I'm telling you to go put five bucks on that. I'm telling you to do it at FanDuel.com. And if it's your first bet with FanDuel, you get 150 bucks back in bonus bets if the Texans win on it. So if it's FanDuel.com slash locked on, kick off the NFL season today. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. All right, so the depth, I think, will play an interesting role in this game because I think Houston's got the best backcourt depth in America. I think they bring guards off the bench to start in a number of other top ranked programs across the country, not just the Big 12, across the country, right? Like, whichever one, Damian Dunn or Emmanuel Sharp does not start the basketball game, the other one could start for the other team in just about every game they play, right? Look at Terrence Arsenal. That Terrence Arsenal is a legitimate NBA prospect, like will be drafted this spring or summer, I'm sorry, if he wants to go, and he's coming off the bench for Houston, right? Uh, you can also argue like Malik Wilson's a high-end power five starter caliber athlete that we play behind Jamal Shedd, right? Like there's a lot of different guys that rotate through on the backcourt for Houston that you and I both know make an impact. This is going to be interesting because I think it's kind of the first time we see that tested. Now, Enum does not have the same kind of length and kind of depth, I should say, but they do have guys that make real impacts off the bench that they kind of rely on to be those bench scores. Um, one of which, and this is admittedly my favorite because I coached against him in high school. He was really, really good at high school basketball player at John Paul II. Uh, John Paul II is a school up in Plano. DFW area, Plano sounds right. Uh, but Manny Obaseki is a really, really talented, long lanky guard. He's listed at 6'4". The wingspan makes him feel more like 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, um, he had 21 points in the Memphis game. I was sitting there watching it, having nightmares, having to coach against myself many moons ago when he was a June... It was, it was the year before the world shut down. So was that 2019-20? Because we finished in like February that year. So anyway, he was really talented then. He's really talented now. He still has double-digit points in other games, also including the FAU game. I think FAU game is interesting because that's probably a similar match to what you see them play with Houston. He had 13 points in that one. Obaseki is an energy offensive player. He's not a shooter by any stretch, but he is the kind that comes off the bench as a bit of a spark because he'll be making some garbage buckets. He'll be making some transition buckets. He'll be making finding ways to get the ball in the hole for uh, for AM. Now, he maximized the minutes he in. He's not a high-minutes guy, but he always seems to find a way to impact the game when he's in the game. <laughs> and frankly, it feels like Houston's setting up to be his kind of like coming-out party. It's a nationally televised game. He's kind of had some stretch of good games down the, you know, most recently here, including the 21 against, points against Memphis. Like, it could just be very Houston Cougar kind of moment to have him have a career day against Houston in the Toyota Center on Saturday. So Houston's got to be ready to watch that guy come off the bench. Under the other guy I mentioned is Andy Garcia. Now, Andy Garcia is a, like, if he played starter minutes, would be a double-double threat, right? He's that kind of an impactful player. He's getting uh, seven rebounds in just 25 minutes a game coming off the bench, right? Sorry, seven and a half rebounds, I should point out, in just 25 minutes off the bench. He's a really, really talented guy at going and finding the ball off the rim. He's high motor. He's hard to box out. He's just really, really talented. Not a great score, just four points per game. Uh, not a great shooting percentage, even for a big guy, which you know he's going to be shooting his shots pretty close. But he is really, really, really good. And so I think he's going to have to find him, kind of find him like a, as a marked man as they go around this matchup. 
Um, other guys to keep an eye on, you know, eye out for on the uh, Texas A&M bench that could come in and match up some with the Houston Cougars. Uh, I'm going to say look out for Solomon Washington. Uh, Solomon Washington is playing closer to 20 minutes per game. Uh, he's only getting like five or six points per game, but he finds ways to be really efficient in the mid-range and closer. Uh, he does well getting to the rim. I can see Houston, you know, he comes in as a 6-7-ish guy. Likes putting the ball on the ground from about 15 to 10 feet out. Um, I can see Houston finding ways to match up with him with the Terrence Arsenal type or Damian Dunn type just for a little bit longer body type on that guy. Again, coming off the bench as well. But worth pointing out that they have some depth to match up with Houston. Now, I still give the bench advantage to Houston in this matchup because I just don't think – I think guards run college basketball – I don't need to hear about the big guys at UConn or whatever. They had a guard that went pro as well on that team. Guards tend to run all things college hoops. Big guys have trouble getting the balls when the guards are under pressure. Um, guards tend to like be the ones to get hot from three and make crazy comebacks. Guards run offenses that colleges run. College run much more disciplined offenses than pro basketball teams and so on. Guards are really, really important. <coughs> Houston has the depth advantage at guard, and I think that's something you've got to – take into account again this game uh, because again, they can run the stars out there shed crier. I imagine it's sharp. The backups done Arsenault Malik. Those guys would also be impactful players. Any one of them started in this basketball game. And so I'm thinking this is a Houston Cougar win. Now Ken Palm has this as like, what did it say it was? Um, Ken Palm has this like a 16-point win. I don't know if it's quite that. Toyota Center should be raucous, but Houston's not that far from College Station. A lot of AM alums in the city, right? I think this would be a fairly split crowd. You just got to imagine that the game after us between Texas and LSU will have fans in the stadium as well, which could lead to a little bit of weird atmosphere. I'm taking Houston. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm taking Houston this one. I'm not seeing an over-under line on FanDuel yet. If that's out there for Friday's episode, obviously we'll talk about it then. Um, but I am taking Houston in this one. Now, Friday, unless some major football news comes up, we're going to still continue to preview this game. Can you look at more things in depth? We may even bring someone on. We'll see that in a second. And on uh, Saturday night, we're going to watch the game in the morning. Probably do a little like... YouTube short or a TikTok length video just to break down what just happened immediately. Then we're going to want to watch the rest of the day in college basketball and Saturday night, 9 30, 10 o'clock. We'll do a Cougars after dark live show to kind of break down what happened in the Houston game, as well as what happened the rest of the day in college basketball, kind of how it all fits together. So make sure you hit subscribe wherever you get your podcast, find the YouTube channel, hit subscribe and hit the bell. So you know when we're live on Saturday, that way you get the latest on Cougs in your newsfeed each and every day, we appreciate you making Locked on Cougs your first listen of the day every day. If you're looking for a second listen, and you're a college basketball fan that made it this far in a college basketball-themed podcast, I'm going to recommend Locked on College Basketball. Andy and Isaac do a great job of bringing down all things college basketball at a national perspective, and not just the Power Five. They look at your FAUs, San Diego States, your Midwest Conferences, uh, all different size and shapes of college basketball. They're covering it. So make sure you go check them out for a daily college hoop show that is as good as anyone in America doing it. 
Trust me, you won't regret it. Thank you all so much for tuning into Lockdown Cougs. Lockdown Cougs is a primary Lockdown Podcast. Everything that means your team, our Cougs, every day. Go Cougs.